Hello, spacers. Welcome to Starlight, a space opera. I'm Isaac, your host and GM for the adventures ahead. This show, whether you're watching or listening, is a labor of love, and one that we want to make the best for you. So if you can, take a moment to freely subscribe or share however is most comfortable for you. Thanks. Now let's plot a course to Starlight. Following the destruction, following the catastrophic hit of Talanash's dreadnought upon the surface of Endul, following the loss of companions of both Sisa and McKenna, the camera pans in hours, no, days after everything. And we see a singular person who has survived but barely by the skin of his teeth amongst the rubble. He's passed others. He's passed members of the Pelagium Pact who are lost. Everything upon this wasteland that used to be the glittering jewel of Endul is now covered in death and what might as well be zombies. Everyone seems to have lost their will to live. Things are grim. There is hardly enough to find to survive, and what needs to be taken is taken by those who can. The Pelagian Pact has withdrawn, leaving the planet in ashes. There have been those who have come from Varashta, but help is intermittent as they strafe around trying to find survivors, trying to help. But this particular fellow has not looked for help from these people. He has spent the last couple days tending to his wound. He has a limp. And now he is painstakingly overturning every little piece of rubble to find that what he can in the impact and destruction of Leet Talanash's dreadnought. Clive, describe what you are doing, how you look, and how you feel. Well, <clears throat> feels pretty, pretty distraught, pretty defeated. Uh, flashing back, you know, he, he keeps seeing the, the image in his mind, playing through what he could have done differently to escape, and realizing that the only reason that the reason that he's in the situation that he's in now is because he couldn't get the ship to go. And being a pilot, that really kind of destroys his pride. His clothes are all torn up. He's lost his jacket and his hat. Uh, patches of metal all over this, all over his body, where you can see where he's parts and wires destroyed, sparking in some places. Um, he's limping. He's lost con- full control of one of his legs, and it just seems like he's dragging all of his dead weight. And if you look at his face, he's just there's nothing there. He's just almost like he's driven by just the, the slightest bit of hope that maybe his, one of his companions or somebody that he knew is, is alive and he's throwing rubble around, you know, 
haphazardly hurting himself in the process, you know, falls over, um, and just is all around just in the state of complete shock and despair. Go ahead and make a perception roll, Clive, as you are digging through the rubble. Twelve. You hear the noise of boots kind of on the gravel behind you and the sound of the pistol being unholstered. You turn, already knowing what to expect. Another damn scavenger. Before this person even has their gun up, you already know what they're going to say. And then they say it. Hey, is that a... Oh, yeah. Hand over that lunch bar. Nobody gets hurt. You look up. You see, like, a guy who also equally has a limp, but he, uh, part of his head is bandaged, and he has a pistol just drawn on you. And he's looking at the side of your belt where you've scavenged a few, like, supplies to eat. Like, one of, like, a silver bar kind of coming out the side with the wrapping still on it. Not playing around, pig. Put it down. I'm not gonna put one of these blasters through you. And without hesitation, Clive just throws the food aside and just keeps digging through the rubble as if he's being controlled by some other force. Yeah, that's a good boy. And he picks up the bar and wanders off. As you're looking, go ahead and make an investigation roll. And that one. That one. You do not find anything it's hard to tell anything from anything like even what you're pretty sure might have been a person is hard to tell it's like they've almost been morphed with the the metal and the and everything their bones just broken down and absorbed into whatever material it was it's all just one big hot mess there are a few supplies that you do gather and so what you can you do take and you begin the process over and over again methodically going along but for the first time in a long time you hear a noise that almost startles you it takes it takes a minute for clive to realize that it's ringing in his head so you can't quite uh, separate the fact whether it's you know, ringing in his head from just the cataclysmic crash that they just had, or if it's some, you know, something legit. And he, something finally snaps him out of digging through the rubble, and he notices that it's ringing, and he answers it. Hello? Clive! Clive Jensen? You hear Kinsworth Page's voice over it. It's a little broken, a little distorted. Ha! It worked! It worked! I had to boost our signal, and it take over a few satellites as best as I could, the few that remained, and you would not believe what kind of a job it was to, to break into those and get them half working amongst themselves and use it to triangulate over the area. This is fantastic. Whew. We're alive. Please, I tried reaching out to uh, Moonmaker and, and uh, oh, old Atlas, that, that big old chap. Well, well, it's good. I found you. I found them. Please, please, uh, <laughs> tell me, how are you doing? Wait, wait, you said you found them? Well, I found you. I have come always with you. Ugh. They're not. Something happened, and 
I haven't seen him for quite some time. And to be honest, I pretty beaten and bloodied myself. I don't know how much how much longer I'm gonna be able to keep going if I don't get some help. But I got I gotta keep looking. There's gotta be something here. Go ahead and make a straight charisma roll. He hears what you're saying and he almost like kind of like thinking about it. Huh. Hide it! You're serious. They're not playing hide and seek. You don't mean to tell me that in that explosion with that, that signature that you aren't telling me what I think you're telling me. The last thing I remember seeing is McKenna bleeding on the floor and the flashes of doors and lights as I'm running down the hallway to try to make my escape. There was an explosion. I ejected out of some starship that I attempted to hijack and I blacked out and I've woken up in this devastation. No. Huh. Oh dear. And then you start to get these coordinates uploaded as he's sending you the coordinates of his location. Yeah, I'll start uh, heading towards the coordinates, but still the entire time not leaving a single stone unturned as I'm looking for answers or looking for at least the bodies of my comrades. young woman in her 20s she is doing similar to what Clyde was doing doing a lot of scavenging but for you you've spent so much time on this planet in the underworld that oddly enough because of the destructions caused this is the most you've ever seen of the open atmosphere but of course things are changing rapidly you can't travel outside without something wrapped around your mouth to breathe from all the dust and the particulate matter and every day grows colder from the atmosphere being blocked with all of the smoke. This place is already a wasteland and you can tell that it's dying. But you do need what you need to survive and you've been looking for a way off this planet. A way to escape and even if you had to go back, just something to ensure that you wouldn't die. Your gut tells you and you always trust your gut. I want you to go ahead and make an investigation roll as you are scavenging for supplies yourself and looking for a means by with which to travel. 10. You start moving stuff, but something catches your attention. A groan. You move your foot off of a, a plating, then you put your foot back on. There's another grunt and groan. I'm gonna pull things away so I can see what's going on. The form of a man starts to show, completely naked, covered in dust, blood, and cybernetic parts showing what looks like some sort of like metallic tail poking out of his back, but has like pierced through his own leg 
And the moment the light hits him of, through the through the veil of clouds, the eyes go completely red, and the man lets out a roar. And Atlas, you come to consciousness. Within, you've been holding on, almost in this like dreamlike state, holding on to this little ember, this flame that represents life. And you breathe in ragged. Your throat is parched, and you feel like you just ate bricks and bricks of dust. And then you belch it out, just <clears throat> And you see this woman in front of you, standing over you, with her face cowled. Well, first of all, you look like you've seen better days. Um, but when you see me, you don't actually see much. One eye is blue and one eye is brown. So you're seeing two different color eyes, which is fairly unique. But you don't see a ton of my skin, but I am... You can see a few, like blue veins coming away from my eyes that are very not human looking and head down i'm covered from head to toe but very slender almost to the point of like being concerned about not having enough access to food slender and very soft-spoken um are, are you okay What do you want? Well, I, I'm i not sure I'm the one who should be asking what I want. You look like you could use some help. You stepped on a plate and you groaned in pain. Maybe and you could use some help? I'm just going to start removing rubble. And by the time she manages to move all things, you see that one of your feet is like shattered and one leg, your like knee is like inverted. Well, I'm not an expert, but I think I can try to splint your leg. Or do you want to stay here? I'm going to rip the, my tail out of wherever it's penetrated my body. <gasps> and then I'm gonna use my tail and wrap it around my leg as like its own like splint. Stand up. As you stand up, I want you to make a constitution saving throw. You know, it it wouldn't have been that hard to make a splint. 18. Able to grit through it. Just mechanically stand and take a staggering step. And you are completely naked. Massive. <laughs> I like pull my face thing over my eyes. Do you do you need me to look for some cloth or like a Maybe like a skirt or something. <laughs> Sir, I think you may have lost your mind. Yeah. Do you have a home? A place I can help you get to? No, not exactly. Do you have a ship? Park somewhere? I am not sure that I have a ship any longer, but we did have one. Okay, well, I guess good luck finding it. So, may the odds be ever in your favor. And I'm gonna go on my way. Can I attempt to call the ship? 
Yes. After a few minutes, it opens. Atlas? Oh, Atlas! You, you will not believe I just got a hold of Clive! Oh my gosh, and if you're around... Oh, how my heart flutters. The Moonmaker, she's with you, yes? She's dead. Huh. You know, Clive... Clive said the same thing. But then he also thought the same about you. I guess you're all joking. They're all joking, and it's going to be the greatest game of hide and seek when you show up. When you show up, how oh, do I have a story for you? I was just barely able in the time that the sh that the uh, oh, that crazy dreadnought was coming down, and I was able to eject myself and bring this beautiful vessel that I call my body down to the planet. Just avoiding everything. Oh, it is. I might as well be a hero. And I cannot wait to tell you, Clive and McKenna. Yes, hurry. This way, this way. And he gives you the coordinates. trying to like stealth behind him and not let him see me but I want to see what he has going on. So go ahead and roll a stealth roll. 16. Go ahead and make a perception roll. 6. Easy enough you're able to follow him. Your hand kept on your on your pistol just in case. It's a very slow travel. Agonizingly slow at times. But he takes you to the outskirts of what was once the city. And you see the warm lights of this dragon. It's covered in dust as well, but it looks like someone's turned it on. The doors are open, and you watch in the distance as Atlas makes his way to the foot of the, of the ramp, just as another figure, dusty in like a tattered clothes, limps down. And the two grab forearms and just do like one quick shake. And they start talking. And for the first time, you see a way to escape. And with that, we end this game as we go into season two.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers. <laughs>